I'm Ashley. I'm Jen. And I'm Sarah. And we are Unabridged, the podcast where teachers take on books. Join us each week for bookish episodes and check out our website, unabridgedpod.com, where you can find lots of new bookish content every week. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at unabridgedpod and message us there or see our website to get plugged into the unabridged community. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unabridged. Today, we'll be talking about the adaptation of our book club pick that was last week, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Before we get started, we want to remind you that we have a newsletter that comes out twice a month. The first one is looking at the month ahead and what's going to be coming out with Unabridged, and there's always a little bookish item in there that Jen provides, and then at the in the middle of the month, we have a newsletter that comes out that gives you just a little bit more insight into us and getting to know us a bit better. So if you would like to sign up for that, you can head over to our website at www.unabridgedpod.com. Before we get discuss, discussing the adaptation, we would like to start with our bookish check-in. Jen, what are you reading? I am reading on audio T.E. Kinsey's The Burning Issue of the Day. This is in the Lady Hardcastle series, and these are all read by Elizabeth Knowlton. And it is part of a series. So, And I will say each of these kinds of stands alone. So it's not like normal series where I can give a huge spoiler, but there are certain things that we learn about the main characters over the course of the series. So I actually want to talk about the first book in the series, A Quiet Life in the Country, just to give you a little background. So these are mysteries and they focus on Lady Hardcastle who lives in the early 1900s in England and her, her lady's maid Florence and they call Flo. Flo is actually the narrator of these stories and Flo and Lady Hardcastle live out in the country they have had quite an interesting relationship so they first met when Lady Hardcastle was a spy and she was able to do that job because her husband was a diplomat. And so they traveled a lot and wherever they went, Lady Hardcastle would do spy things for England. (laughs) And Flo initially came to work as her lady's maid because she was really good at martial arts and defense and became a vital part of Lady Hardcastle's spy activity. The as you can tell there there's some humor here. So the voice <laughs> in these books is just fantastic. I love Flo so much. She and Lady Hardcastle have this really funny relationship where they're constantly bickering and kind of picking at each other and Lady Hardcastle's always late and she's really messy and she can never remember people's names and Flo gives her a hard time. And then Lady Hardcastle will make fun of Flo back. And so they have this great, it it seems more like it's a friendship of equals, even though to the public, they have to pose as if they are not equals since Flo is her lady's maid. They go to live in the country because they do want a quiet life after everything that they've been through. But of course, as often happens, in, I would I think these would qualify as cozy mysteries. As often happens in cozy mysteries, they get pulled into these murders and these crimes because of their background. And 
they befriend someone who is a constable in their little town. And some people start figuring out just how smart they are and just how capable they are. And then with other people, they play as if they are not, because that's a great way to get the truth out of people. So it's just really fun to watch them working through these crimes. I love them on audio. Absolutely love them. So I really recommend these. They're a lot of fun and they are great when I'm stressed. I can listen to one of these. The the murders are never (laughs) traumatic. They're always sort of off to the side. There's not a lot of gory detail. So yeah, that is T.E. Kinsey's Lady Hardcastle series. I am reading The Burning Issue of the Day. I've read the first one of those and I just adored it. And I, like you, I think the voice is amazing. I love the relationship between Flo and Lady Hardcastle. And I just chuckle throughout the whole book. And so I, I really love those. And they were on sale recently and I bought several of them on audio because I, they're kind of like a cozy blanket, you know, it's, so I really, I'm excited to read more of them. Yeah. I really love them. They're on script, which is where I'm listening. And so, yeah, I just kind of keep them in my back pocket for when I don't have anything pressing to read. I can just add those to my list and it's lovely. (laughs) So, so how about you, Sarah, what are you reading? I am reading Jane Peck's The Verifiers. So it's funny, I became aware of this book when I was doing Pub Day shout outs one week. And I, I love a cozy mystery, but this one is, seems like seemed cozy-ish, but more technologically, mm. you know, centered. So I thought it seemed really interesting. So I'm not too too far in it, but this book centers on Claudia. She is a this is it's kind of hard to explain, but she <laughs> has been recruited by this secretive agency called Veracity. And it's basically like a referrals only online dating detective agency. So it's kind of interesting. So that's where the technology comes in. And I think maybe that this stood out to me because I'm very fascinated by online dating because I feel like I have been married forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the youngsters using online dating, <laughs> <laughs> it's just very I have a, a dear family member who, when she comes around, I'm like, I'm like, let me see what that looks like because I'm just, I'm just fascinated by it. And so I thought this book sounded really cool. So I think that the mystery is going to be that one of the clients, one of one of Claudia's clients, goes missing, and then she has to kind of solve that mystery. Mm-hmm. But it's really great so far. Claudia's family has all of these expectations for her, and she doesn't live up to them. So she's kind of like a rebel, and I really like her and it's been funny and just really smart. So I am excited to see where the story goes. So that is Jane Peck's The Verifiers. I feel like I have seen only rave reviews of that one and I've been seeing it everywhere. It sounds so good. And it moves pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. That's very cool. All right. So I think now we are going to head into our discussion of Guernsey. And just so you all know, so we don't have to say the title over and over, we will be referring to (laughs) the adaptation and the book as Guernsey. (laughs) (laughs) Because we both get a bit tongue-tied when we try to say the whole the whole name. Indeed. (laughs) Jen, what were your overall impressions of this adaptation? I liked it. I would not say I loved it. There are things I think that are done really well, and we'll talk about those soon. I think overall, it was fine. I missed the depth 
of the book and I missed the the sense that you really know all of these people and that you really get so many great perspectives and the clever way the plot unfolds. I just felt like because of the format, because it's a film, I understand why they couldn't replicate all of those elements, but I really missed them. I think they are what make the book so special. And so I think because I had read the book so recently for last week's episode, I was so keenly aware of the changes that they made and of the impact they had on the emotional resonance of the book. And just structurally, it's much more simple. And I, yeah, there were so many things that I just missed and was looking forward to seeing on the screen that just didn't happen. So I I don't want to give it a bad review. But it was fine. (laughs) What about you, Sarah? Yeah, I agree with you. And I do think that that nearness of having finished the book really had an impact on what I thought of the movie. Jen, Ashley, and I often during adaptation episodes talk about, often Ashley has just read the book and then we're watching the adaptation. And a lot of times Jen and I are pretty far removed from our reading Mm -hmm. and then we watch the movie and it, I do think that that nearness of the book and how it's a great, it's a great commentary on why books are so some, most of the time so much better than the adaptation Mm -hmm. because of the depth that it can go into. And I think, especially with this one, I think if I hadn't read the book, some of the movie would have just felt very, it's almost like going through the motions, but not putting the depth into it. I don't know. It just, it, it just, it just skims the surface. Yeah, skims the surface. So I so I think it like you, I think it was fine, but I just I didn't have the emotions when I was watching the movie and then some of the choices that had to be made to at, adapt it, I just thought didn't work for me. So I thought it was fine and I think the actors were fine and did the best that they could with what they had, but it just it just did not impact me like the book did. Yeah. Oh, I think it might have worked as a series much better because I think if you had eight or ten episodes, you could have addressed a lot of those. But in a two-hour movie, yeah, it just felt like the cliff notes or spark notes for, for, <laughs> for people who are in school right now. Yeah. That that sounds uh that that is a great that's a great comparison like just spark notes just hitting the surface. I just yeah, I just was kind of disappointed and I think I think what I loved about the the book was that we got all of these perspectives mm-hmm. and all of these stories, these personal stories about how the occupation affected a wide range of people and you just didn't get that in the movie. I didn't think, well, what is one thing that did work for you, Jen? I'm going to go back to the casting. I really thought the actors were excellent. So I love Downton. And so seeing Lily James as Juliet Ashton and seeing, I'm looking up her name right now, uh, who played Amelia Penelope Wilson as Amelia I thought they inhabited those characters so well. I thought that the actress who played Elizabeth McKenna, Jessica Brown Finley, was great. I love, you know, even I just thought they tried to give that depth that we feel in the through the letters in the book. There, there just wasn't as much to work with. Michael Huisman, I thought was great as Dossi, um, though I didn't like that character as much as I did the book. I thought they took away a lot of his complexity. 
But yeah, overall, I love Matthew Good. I'll watch him in anything. I thought he was great as Sydney. And that was a role that I felt was actually beefed up a little bit from the book. And I I liked that because I really like Matthew Good. And so, yeah, I think the casting was excellent. I thought they matched well to the way I pictured a lot of the characters. What about you? What's one thing that worked for you? Well, the casting also was something that worked for me. And it's funny because I guess I have seen on my Netflix the the poster, you know, for uh-huh. Guernsey. And so throughout the, my reading of the book, I pictured Lily James as, as oh, that's Juliet funny. because uh-huh. I had seen her and I was aware of her and other things. So like that's who I pictured. But I think besides the casting, I felt like the the set and the the way that they incorporated Guer- like I really felt like Guernsey looked like maybe like what I pictured it in the book I thought they did a really good job of recreating the 1940s mm-hmm. in the in the movie and I really enjoyed that it felt authentic and I thought that I, I really like the scene where the when they're back the very opening scene when the Guernsey where the Guernsey is basically created with Uh the German soldiers. I thought that's pretty much what I pictured in my mind, except I think there were a few less people, but, Uh but I really, I really, that's how I pictured it in my mind. So I really liked that as the opening scene. I thought that was a good scene to open with too, because it kind of set the stage, even though in the book that comes later, Mm -hmm. I thought that was really um, a good way to start the movie. So there are a couple of things that worked for me. Mm -hmm. I think so too. I agree with that. Yeah, some of those scenes, like when Juliet is first arriving on Guernsey on the on the boat. Yeah, you get a sense of just how charming it is, but also of the devastation there and of the fact that it is still a place that is recovering from a long occupation. I really liked the scene where Juliet and Isola are in the bed drinking and talking, drinking the rum and talking and just chatting as, as friends. I really loved that too, because mm-hmm. I felt like that was one time when you kind of got that close relationship that I felt the whole time when I was reading the book amongst all the characters, but when they are kind of cuddled in the bed and talk kind of girl talking, I thought that was really sweet. So I really liked that one too. I also thought I'll do one more. I also thought I feel guilty because I didn't give it a great review. So I'll, I'll, I'll beef it up a little bit here, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I really thought that Juliet, we see, the impact the war has had on her as well. And I thought Lily James did a great job showing her recovery too. And she was not, she lost her home, but she was not someone who had personally been impacted as much as other people. And there's a guilt there almost that I think you really get a sense. Number one, of course, that everyone was affected by the war and also that she feels because she wasn't affected as directly that she doesn't have room to complain about what she went through. And I can see, I thought that conflict showed up really well through the film. Okay. What is one thing (laughs) that did not work for you? So I will say this as a way to address a number of the things that they cut. I thought the absence of Remy from the film was such a huge gutting of the plot of the book. So Remy is the French woman who they bring back to Guernsey, who knew Elizabeth, who is the one who tells them that Elizabeth has died. And so I think it's another angle on just what people have gone through in the war. 
but it also shows us more vividly in the book than in the film, just the way Elizabeth continued being who she was even after she left Guernsey. You get some of that in Mark's report. But yeah, I just think Remy is such a key part of the second half of the novel that taking her out, I think, had a huge impact on the film. And I did not like that Mark was the one that delivered that report. Because I didn't either. All of that, I mean, the whole thing with Mark and the way that, first of all, that Juliet accepted the proposal. I think Lily James did a great job with mm-hmm. what she had. But in the book... Juliet felt so it was just so strong. And I mean, she was a little rebellious and was Mm -hmm. like not going to be put into, into a box, you know, she was not. And so I think that the fact that she didn't accept the proposal from Mark in the book is a huge thing. And it also speaks to how she is not going to be bullied or like coerced into something that she does not want to do. Mm -hmm. And then, so when she accepted the engagement ring, in the movie, I did not like that at all. Yes. Like, I thought that seemed really to kind of water down Juliet's strength that you see in the book. So that, mm-hmm. and then her relationship with Mark and the fact that she's the one, she asks him for help and how yes. to find Elizabeth and he's the one to deliver the news. And all of that was so impersonal. Mm-hmm. And then, and then she leaves with him. I did not. Like I that agree. Well, and then the way she breaks it off with him out yeah. in public, I, I thought that was, yeah, I, I didn't like that. I thought they did a good job of showing him. He didn't come across as a jerk the whole time. So I did think you could see why she would be attracted to him. And he's mm-hmm. this, you know, she's trying to leave the war behind, but I, I didn't like that whole relationship through the film either. I felt that he was a bit more likable in the movie than in the book. I agree. in the book he just seen, and it could be the interpretation of the narrator mm-hmm. and the character from the, but I just thought in the, I just did not like him at all. I agree. Book. Yeah. I think they made him much more likable in the film. And then I thought when he turns, yeah. I didn't buy that as much either. He just seemed like he'd been this great guy. And then all of a sudden he's a jerk. And I didn't think that was earned as much as it was in the book. Yeah. That she suddenly saw this new side of him. Right. Yeah. And I think too, like, I really like that Sydney was more present in the mm-hmm. movie. However, I, with the absence of Sophie, yes. like, I didn't feel like you got that they had grown up together and that they, they loved each other almost like brother and sister and all of that. So I just, there were just some things that just didn't yeah. seem very authentic and just kind of watered down yeah. the story for me. Well, even the fact that the society is so much smaller yeah, and that you miss a lot of those fun, quirky side characters who bring so much depth to the society. And so we yeah. see, you know, it meant a lot to the people in the movie who they continue having as characters, but it was bigger than that. It was a large part of their community. And so I miss that as well, that it was a comfort for so many in the book. And so, yeah, like you said, watered down. It's just, and again, I I feel like I don't, I'm portraying that I don't understand that you have to make changes for a film. I know you do, but they hurt. They, those changes hurt. I think the, the quality of the story. Yeah. And I do think, again, this kind of also goes back to the fact that we just read the book, like uh-huh. just read it and then having to watch the movie right after. So if we've been removed a bit from it, we might've, that might've increased our enjoyment, but I think, I think that it would have. Yeah. 
but it is what it is. And right. we are going to be honest always. So That's right. Guys, so. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about, about hmm. the movie or versus the book? I did think it did a nice job showing the power of books and connection. The way they showed their meetings and the debates that they had when Juliet is defending Anne Bronte against all attackers and becomes so passionate. I did think that was done really well. I liked that. That was one of my favorite parts of the book. So I was glad that they were able to keep that sense of it. In the movie. My big question going on in was how are they going to handle the epistolary angle? Yeah. And so I was glad that they kept the letters and the sense of letters. It's it's not as impactful, of course, but I was glad at least that they didn't abandon that completely. How about you? And what else is lingering that you wanted to talk about? I really can't think of anything else. I mean, I... Yeah, I just I I just really loved the book and um was a little underwhelmed with the movie, but yeah. I did like par- I did like it wasn't like uh <laughs> it wasn't a torture watching right it, but, no. it just, but I just really I just missed mm-hmm. those connections and that those deep relationships that I found in the book. So. Yeah, I will say last week I talked about gut-wrenching sobbing, gut-wrenching sobs when Elizabeth died. And I wasn't as emotionally involved in the film. And yet still, when they found out that Elizabeth died, I had the same reaction. So it did still evoke emotion, just not as consistently as the book did. But that scene was still hard to take. And sweet little Kit, when they tell her, oh my goodness. So yeah, I I did think that they did well with that. I did wish that they would have continued or, or kind of used in the adaptation Kit's spunkiness a bit more because I felt like it seemed like Juliet came and then they were just best friends. Uh And then, I mean, Juliet really had to work for Kit's trust in the book. And I wish they would have continued that because I don't think that's something that they couldn't have done. So I would have liked to see that a bit more. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we would love to know what you all li- liked or didn't like about the adaptation and if you agree with us or not. And it's totally fun not to. If you love the adaptation, we'd love to hear about that. And you can always hit us up on social media and let us know your thoughts. We would love to hear them. We are going to end the episode with our Give Me One. And as you know, it's been a couple of years since we've had a lot of really like big blockbuster movies coming out in the summer, but it looks like we are going to have some really hyped up movies for the summer. So we wanted to just share a movie that we are excited to see this summer. And Jen's going to start us off. I am really excited about Thor Love and Thunder. We are a Marvel family. We go see them all. We love them. And I think the Thor movies are not all consistently the same, but I loved Taika Waititi and I think his direction of the last Thor movie was great and the previews of this one look so fabulous so I'm really excited to see that one how about you Sarah I am really excited to see Top Gun Maverick this is one (laughs) this is one that was supposed to come out several years ago I mean it's been on the shelf for a while because I think they they were waiting for like a blockbuster summer type thing. But I love the first one. I remember it's one of the first movies I watched and sobbed during because 
I was not expecting Goose to die. Spoiler. If, but I mean, if you haven't seen it, I mean, <laughs> and I was devastated and I am just really excited to see what they do with Top Gun. And actually speaking, Glenn Powell, who was in the adaptation of Guernsey, he's in this right. one. And then Miles Teller, which I like him too. And then of course, Tom Cruise is coming back and I am excited to just see what they do with this new Top Gun. Mm-hmm. So that's mine. Yeah, I can't wait for that too. It's going to be a good summer. It's going to be a good summer because <laughs> I love the movies and they're coming back. And I know Jen does too. Uh huh. <laughs> well, we would love to know what your movie that you're looking forward to coming out this summer is. We'll have that posted on Monday. You can give us yours and our Give Me One post. And again, we're always available on social media to discuss with you all the things that you hear on the podcast and all of our posts. So definitely hit us up there. Thanks for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod or on the web at unabridgedpod.com for ways to support us. To get more involved, you can sign up for our newsletter, join a buddy read, or become an ambassador. Thanks for listening to Unabridged. Unabridged.